star in a documentary series on Netflix. The working title is Comedians in Cars Getting Concussions. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, uh, one poll number i got to hit you with on impeachment, and then I'm done with impeachment, all right? No, you're not. For this segment. Okay. <laughs> um, that was a long pause. We, we have some good tape coming up we want to play. It's actually pretty amusing. But, um... I didn't get to the how many people think they could change their mind. In this particular Marist poll, they put the question very starkly, so the number is lower. There are other polls that say 75, 80% of people have made up their mind. But this one was, can you imagine any information or circumstance that would change your mind? <laughs> That's a little broad, I would say. And two-thirds of people said they can't imagine any information <laughs> or circumstance that would make them change their minds. 30% said they could imagine changing their minds. Well, see, that's a heck of a thing to say, obviously. But turns out Trump is, you know, actually a Chinese agent. Or he's, he's two Chinese dwarves stacked on each other in a big suit. <laughs> turns that out, wouldn't change your mind. He's got Ukrainian <laughs> President Zelensky's little brother chained in the basement of the White House. And he beats him every day. No. <laughs> No? I just find that to be a funny question. Yeah, no nope, kidding. No, there's no information. I can't even imagine information that would make me change my mind. Trump kidnapped the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> so, that's Or the fine. other way around. Yeah. You yeah. know, where you think he's guilty and all kinds of new information comes out. You just can't imagine changing your mind. Right. 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 That's fine. But even in that case, two-thirds say, no, nothing. Nothing could change my mind no matter what. Yeah, that's where we are. Well, the news media is. Oh, that's right. We're not talking about that now. I'm not. But you just were. I've stopped. Okay. This is me having stopped. So my my uh, son asked last night, "What does the word hoe mean?" Oh my gardening. It's 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 a a tool meant to uh, agitate the soil. Kids are calling each other people hoes on the on the playground, and he said, "I was told it was a bad word. Is it a bad word?" How did you answer that? Oh, he said, yeah, it is a very bad word. It's a, it's, a, it's a word that people say to girls mostly, and it's a really bad word to call a girl. And this is like a bat. And he said, is it worse? I said, he said, is it worse than the F word? And I said, actually, it is for your purposes, because I could see you being suspended from school for using ho. Right. Whereas you probably wouldn't be for the F word. I don't want you saying either one of them, but uh, I'll bet that's true, though. You call a girl... A hoe, even if you don't know what it means, I can understand in the modern world, you're getting booted out of school. Oh, you're not going to get booted out of school for the F word. So in that effect, hoe is a worse word, even though I can say that one on the air. Yeah, interestingly enough. uh Uh-oh, that reminds me of our... uh... Who's introducing these words? I said, where'd you even learn this? And he mentioned a couple of crappy kids who got crappy lives. They get these crappy words that they bring to the schoolyard. Don't, Don't have your kids come off to school with their crappy language. I'm trying to. Oh, there it is. There it is. So we were talking yesterday about, uh, yesterday about accidentally sending um, text to the wrong person. After I sent uh, Jack a text referring to him as Cuddlebug, I believe was oh, the term. So the sweet. term of art. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, Matt from Macomb, Illinois, once got into an argument with my wife. Later that day, I sent her a text saying, "I'm sorry and I love you." Only I didn't send it to her. I sent it to the county sheriff <laughs> so that was cool and his, actually so was I, cool. his uh, his subject line on the email is i love you police <laughs> and and then uh let's see this is uh why don't we say alien anonymous 
My husband works out of town, was due to come home later that afternoon after being gone all week. I sent him an X-rated text telling him what I wanted to do to him later that night, only I sent it to my gardener. I no oh. longer go home for my lunch break on Tuesdays. Wow. <laughs> you know what, Aileen? As we said yesterday, because you'd wonder, as a guy, you would think... Probably the wrong person, but I don't know. I remember that one time she looked at me for a long time. And I have seen that porn with the pool guy. (laughs) Finally happened to me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Finally it's happened to me. Right. The random stranger that thinks I'm so hot. Exactly. They just can't stop themselves. Bingo. (laughs) But Aileen, you're absolutely correct. You can never look that man in the eye again under any circumstances. So you're right to stay at work on Tuesdays. And as long as we're hitting the emails, here is um, David, who is a... This is for you, Jack. I'm going to show you this email so you can see how many letters this gentleman has after his name. Mm. His degrees have degrees. He is a respected man in academia. And he wrote the following note. I almost drove off the road listening to your flatulence court proceedings. Thank you for your great program. You're the best. Thank you, sir. A man of letters there, weighing in. Wow. Look at look at all the letters he uses. He is clearly a man of letters. <laughs> wow. Fabulous. They are in a break in the impeachment hearings. The only reason I mention that is when they come back, it's the Republicans' turn, and I want to hear how they're going to go after Ambassador Sunland. What's the tack going to be? They're probably strategizing right now. Yeah, I, I have a decent idea. Positive, Sean? You have <laughs> Jim Jordan's doing push-ups in the hallway right oh, yeah, now. He's oh, ready yeah. to go. Yeah, he's getting his, his roid rage on. Um, he's going to talk twice as fast as he normally does. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're going to have to, like, tape it and slow it down by half so normal people can understand it. He is a fast-talking son of a gun. Uh, I, we, I, oh, now wait, you brought up impeachment again! I'm a bad and person. And now I'm not allowed to because you said we weren't talking about it anymore? What the, how the hell does this show work? This is, your honor, you see what's happening here. Oh, boy, that's funny. So I will hold that thought until the next segment. We do have some funny tape for you to play, but I think I know what their strategy is going to be. Uh, we talked earlier in a newscast, uh, and there are a couple of things I want to follow oh, up boy, on. Oh, boy, and Trump is weighing in on the White House lawn and oh, what's happened so far. That, that can only help. Oh, that can only help. That'll be helpful. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, uh, following up on Marshall reporting that the uh, state of Cal Unicornia, where logic goes to die, is shocked and outraged that the illegal pot market is still, what did he say, twice as big? Yeah. As the legal pot market. It's 100% legal. If you're 18 years old, you go to a store, they got the absolutely fabulous weed for you if you want it. You buy it, you go home, nobody's going to arrest you. But, and this is, I think the, the main point here is, bureaucrats get caught up in their ideology and, and congratulating each other on how important they are. And they have no sense of how the real world works, which is why centrally planned economies never work. So you heavily tax and regulate the legal weed market. So it makes it quite expensive. Meanwhile, you stop any and all enforcement of people having weed. Nobody cares. You walk down the street just uh, smoking and getting high. And in most precincts in California, nobody cares. And they're certainly not going to check to see if what you bought came from a dispensary or not. Right, right. Who's got time to deal with that? So you've been going to Johnny the Weed Dealer for years and years. Get your buzz on. And now pot's legal. But unless you're the sort of person who's you know, maybe an executive or a person of status that the idea of getting arrested is so horrible you can't possibly risk it, you're thinking, wait a minute, it's 40% higher there at the legal place or I just keep going to Johnny and the cops have declared they won't bust me? Uh, duh. 
Here's a multiple choice question for you fellas, uh, you folks listening. What do you think Johnny's going to do? A, pay the 40% premium just because he should? Or B, keep buying the cheap weed? Well, yeah, take take pot out of it just for any product. Right. Any product. Um, even if I wasn't saving a lot of money, the money would be part of it, obviously, but... How about the hassle? Do I have to fill out any forms or sign anything? Or how long does it take you to even check me out? How busy is the store? This guy over here has got the same product. He's going to hand it to me right now. Right. I don't you have probably to... bought it from him in the first place. Yeah, nobody <laughs> cares. So why wouldn't I? Yeah. There's a guy that lives the floor above me. I can walk up there and get, you know, use a, use a different something or else. I can buy a gallon of milk from him upstairs. I don't have to go to the convenience store. He's got store his cows and in, I have to in the apartment. Life. Milks them every day. <laughs> It's a little noisy, honestly, but God, the milk is fresh. It's so good. But so you're not only competing with price, it'd just be, you know, the the, the the whole process. Sure. Has got to be as easy. Right. Right. And so far, it's two to one? Well, buying illegal they, legal? That's what they legal? say. Yeah. Wow, that's something. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of pot growers are not complying because it's so burdensome. The, the government regulations and everything are so burdensome. They're thinking, you know, we're out here in the woods. Nobody knows we're here. Screw it. We're not signing up. Um, and actually, there's there's a great article lately that between the regulations and uh, and the break-ins and burglaries and bums crapping on the sidewalk, nobody wants to open a restaurant in San Francisco anymore, but that's kind of a different topic. Uh, so a couple of impeachment highlights coming up for you. Also, a little thick with Cal Unicornia stories, um, I want to reset and comment on the announcement that the state of California will not buy any cars from like half a dozen manufacturers. Uh, for political reasons, and I think that's unconstitutional. It may be illegal. It's certainly unethical, and uh, we'll have more on that. We got this text. Please stay with the same amount of impeachment coverage. It seems about right to me. I haven't listened to Mark Levin since this started, so that's somebody I assume is a regular listener, but since Mark Levin's gone heavy on impeachment, yeah, it's, you know, different people got different thresholds for this sort of thing. Sure, absolutely. We're just, we're just guessing. I mean, it's interesting to me that in, that CBS bailed out yesterday. They thought, yeah. We're going back to regular programming. Yeah. Oh, uh, the uh, the input on the uh, email line is fairly heavy in uh, favor of just do what you're doing. It's become so boring. It's it repetitive. It just drags on and on and on. You said we got something entertaining next. Uh, conceivably, conceivably entertaining from the impeachment. I'd rather underpromise and overdeliver, right. if you don't mind. I understand. All right. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, he also testified that you confirmed to President Trump that you were in Ukraine at the time and that President Zelensky, quote, loves your ass, unquote. Do you recall saying that? Yeah, it sounds like something I would say. (laughs) That's how President Trump and I communicate. A lot of four-letter words. In this case, (laughs) three-letter. Holmes then said that he heard President Trump ask, quote, is he, meaning Zelensky, going to do the investigation? To which you replied, he's going to do it. And then you added that President Zelensky will do anything that you, meaning President Trump, ask him to. Do you recall that? 
I probably said something to that effect because I remember the meeting, uh, the president, or President Zelensky was very, um, uh, solicitous is not a good word. He was just very willing to work with the United States and was being very amicable. And so putting it in Trump speak uh, by saying he loves your ass, he'll do whatever you want, meant that he would really work with us on a whole. There you go. Yeah. That's good stuff. A lot of A words there. Yeah, too many. So I Is that impeachable? Somebody check. Does this rise to the level of a clip we play on the air is the question, because we're trying to figure out how much impeachment coverage to give you. But um, So the reason Democrats have changed from quid pro quo to uh, bribery, uh, one, uh, not everybody knows Latin, and two... I know, and it's a shame because they're missing out on such phrases as... Uh, Caesar non supra grammaticos, which means, uh, uh, i got to look up what it means. Uh, the emperor is not above the grammarians. There you go. Right? No one's above the law. Right, exactly. Is that what that means? Yeah, more or less. Um, uh, so the reason they changed to bribery is that's actually in there. You can, be, you can throw a president out for treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Bribery is a word that's actually there. Yep. So you don't have to guess what... You know, they meant or anything like that. Bribery's actually in there. So they're talking about whether or not holding up the new president, who was a YouTube star, <laughs> holding up the new president of Ukraine and saying, repeating. you got to investigate this oil company or you don't get a meeting with a president. Is that bribery or extortion? In some well, they're way? saying bribery, which is a stretch, I'm telling you. Well, it's more of a stretch than I even thought. Is this lawyer on ABC just described with the new rules of bribery that we have in this country. So, you know, you have this unanimous Supreme Court opinion that surprised a lot of people, finding that even these things that the governor of Virginia was either doing or promising to do were not official acts under the federal bribery statute that could support a criminal conviction. So there has been a narrowing of bribery under federal law. And, you know, as we've said, the the sort of formal terms of the U.S. Code don't bind what is happening in Congress, but they inform it. So, So it might be right that they could make an argument by analogy that because you need to show something more than like a meeting to make out a bribery case, in the courts, you need to show something. So, uh, particularly, there was a ruling that a meeting does not count as bribery. Mm-hmm. So, it might come down to that. Who knows? Right, right. Yeah, the bribery case is not good. If I'm a Democrat, I'm pushing hard on the, um, you know, it, having a political rival investigated you know, for political reasons. You know what? Uh, I feel like I'm getting sucked into the vortex of the cable news uh, hypotheticals. And losing the uh, the overarching story, which is what we've been focusing on. It's not even close to enough to make 20 Republican senators change their mind. Nope. So shut up. <laughs> this, is, this is cable news crap that they do all day long, arguing about these little intricacies for the cable news crowd, when ultimately it makes no freaking difference. Not to the American people. And, well, and they're the real jury. Because the Senate will go where the people go. Sure, but yeah, yeah, but there's not definitely not enough to make twenty Republican senators flip. So I'm sorry right. I even brought it up. Right. I, I I'm gonna kick. I want watch this. I'm gonna kick myself in the ass. Oh wow, brutality. That hurt. You got to punch yourself in the face because it's my favorite paradox. If you punch yourself in the face so hard it makes you cry, are you a really tough guy or a really wussy guy? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> It's kind of like a black hole. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, bears repeating. If you like it, are you a sadist or a masochist? (laughs) Another good one. Um, It it bears repeating 
that impeachment has always and will always require an overwhelming consensus that the president or, or an official be removed from office now and never be allowed to hold office again, as opposed to waiting for an election. We got a texture. My vote, no more impeachitous stupiditous. Hmm. I agree. Mm. Yeah. Well said, my friend. <laughs> uh, what do you got coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the inquiry winds on with more <sighs> testimony from the man in the middle. And we got a bum explosion update. More proof people are really, really fed up. And Elon Musk, due in court, defamation of character, coming up. Oh, 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 I'm sorry I was reading. You didn't mention uh, Jussie Smollett, did you? No. Oh, he is now the king of overplaying your hand. Oh, really? Oh, it's hilarious. He's back in the news. Just absolutely hilarious. I hadn't heard this at all. Also, I'm flipping through these Latin phrases. We have the new slogan of the Armstrong and Getty show. We ought to have a, a crest made and a flag. And I'll mispronounce it, but Castigat Redendo Morris. That means laughing corrects morals, and or a better way to put it is you can best go after power by laughing at them and showing how absurd they are. Ridicule. Ridicule. There you go. That's our new slogan. Motto? Is it a motto or a slogan? So, Joe has said this before, and it's just true. You watch a trial, and you listen to one side, and you think, well, this is open and shut. I can't imagine what the other side's going to do, because right. clearly. And then the other side gets their turn, and you think, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of that, or I hadn't thought of that, or nobody told me that. Right. And now the Republicans are starting in on their turn, and I think, oh, okay, well, this is new and interesting and a whole different way of looking at it. Oh, yeah. And, it's, uh, and it sounds a lot different. But anyway, let's get to the news with Marsha Phillips. Well, U.S.E.U. Ambassador Gordon Sunland claims everyone was in the loop in a quid pro quo involving Ukraine. During the House impeachment inquiry, Sunland said Energy Secretary Rick Perry and then Special Ukraine Envoy rather Kurt Volker worked with Trump's lawyer Rudy Giuliani at the express direction of the President of the United States. The leadership of the State Department, the National Security Council, and the White House were all informed about the Ukraine efforts. Sunderland repeating several times they really did not like working with Rudy and that gradually he began to see it as a quid pro quo deal. I'll bet working with Rudy is quite the the, uh, the ride. Um, but I got to say, we have followed a little of the Republican questioning of right. Sunderland, and it takes on a different tenor when you start to, to watch that. For instance, the Republican representative council, who I haven't been really impressed with, but... He started down a line of questioning of, uh, did the president ever ask you to for a quid pro quo? No. Do you have any records showing that any of that happened? No. Um, it doesn't sound as damning when you phrase it that way. Sure. The Pentagon is confirming two U.S. service members have been killed in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan today. In their statement, they're saying the cause of the crash is under investigation. However, preliminary reports do not indicate it was caused by enemy fire, but not so according to the Afghan Taliban. 
The terror group has claimed responsibility for downing the chopper, which crashed south of the capital of Kabul. Of course they are. They want to look like hard asses. Fine, whatever. Yeah, the crash coming a day after the Taliban swapped two Western hostages for three of its commanders held by the Afghan government. And the bum explosion continuing to have a real effect on attitudes. Mm. The Los Angeles Times reporting a majority of L.A. voters countywide think police should assume a larger role in removing homeless camps, despite court rulings limiting their involvement. 65% of respondents agree that police should uh, now get much more involved in cleaning up the streets uh, to address the health crisis that's being caused by the homeless camps. And 63% agreed that homeless people should not be allowed to degrade residential neighborhoods or block access to offices and commercial buildings. There's also a, probably the same poll. Los Angelinos are, are really unhappy with the way the money's been spent so far. They agreed to a, a tax, billions of dollars being raised, and it's made no discernible uh, uh, change for the better. Right Now the authorities are saying, well, it would have been even worse if we hadn't taken all well, this money and argument. spent it. Yeah, um, which, you know, is arguably true, but it's hard to prove. And uh, it's just... I think both could be true. It could have been worse without the money, and you guys probably still aren't being as good with it as you could be. Right. Almost, oh, yeah. Almost that's guaranteed yeah. to be the case. Yeah, that second part's guaranteed, but um, the amazing amount of money being spread around now on this crisis is, I tell you what, there, there are a class of people, and, and a lot of you don't realize this, which is fine. There are is a huge class of people, and they're really, really smart people, who their entire living, their entire being is built around figuring out where government money is flowing and going there and getting it, whether it's academic grants and that sort of thing or uh, the homeless industrial complex, which we've talked about. A lot of of times, if you're just the first in, if you're the first one to say, yeah, I, uh, I build whatever it is you're looking for for homeless people. Right. Okay, we'll sign you up. Right, and then you get an enormous contract. Same thing happens with uh, contractors, bridge builders, highway builders, the rest of it. And uh, and a lot of civil rights organizations. I grew up in Chicagoland, and so many of the so-called civil rights organizations were crooked. I'm completely crooked. They were just, it was crony graft. But they would promise to turn out the neighborhood to vote for whatever politicians. So they would get huge amounts of money flowing their way. There is a huge class of people who smell government money and go take it. They're not nice people. They're not trying to help us. What was the second part you had there? Two-thirds of Los Angeles residents don't want homeless people to degrade the... What was right. that 63% say homeless people shouldn't be allowed to be out there degrading residential neighborhoods or blocking <laughs> access. Amen. Degrading residential neighborhoods. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's what's happening. Yep. They are uh, saying that they want the police to get more actively involved in removing them. I mean, here's uh, in some of the stories. Jogging yeah. paths, bike paths, parks... Absolutely infamous for the bomb explosion uh, impacting people's quality of life. This poor I don't even consider them as usable where I live. I don't even consider that anymore. Well, how about this from Santa Rosa? I've just, I've just ceded that to the homeless people because I'm not going to take my right. kids on a bike ride right. through there. Yeah. Santa Rosa, California. You got a big bomb and junkie explosion. Beautiful uh, jogging area. Residents used to love. It's the sort of thing realtors would point out if you're considering moving to the area. Just a real quality of life thing. 
Well, now this woman has been uh, attacked and seriously injured by a pack of dogs that ran out of the the uh. junkie encampment and tore her to pieces. I've never understood. I don't understand any of it, but I've never understood why. We put up with their freaking dogs. So a lot of the homeless camps, and there's one that's been in my town in one particular park for years. Long before the explosion happened, they were there for years. And years, they almost all had dogs. So I was fairly comfortable with the the, the junkies over there doing their drugs because they never seemed to come out from underneath the trees. But they had like a dozen pit bulls over there. Right. And I thought, I don't know anything about these dogs or when they decide to come chase after us. Why would a society put up with that? All right, here's the part where you really get pissed off. This was not the first time the dogs were aggressive. This other fellow's wife was on the path when the same dog snarled at her, tried to break free, uh, tried to attack her. He reported it to the police and was told, yeah, the dog has a history of biting people. But the officer reported he'd asked the residents of the encampment to leave, but didn't really have any power to make them leave because of the injunction. We're talking about that ridiculous Ninth Circuit Court ruling uh, against Boise. Uh, Idaho saying you can't get you can't evict people in public areas unless there's a bed for every single bum and junkie who wanders into town. Why don't the animal lovers go after the dog problem? I would think they'd be convinced that the dogs are not being treated well. And so the cops say, yeah, there's a dog with a history of attacking people, but we can't do anything but ask them to leave. Since when is that the case? Well, and if you're a normal person with a normal life, your dog bites somebody, you're screwed. Yep. You right. are screwed. The yeah. dog is taken away, probably put down, and your homeowner's insurance triples. I mean, but there are laws where in agricultural areas, if your dog attacks or even worries livestock, stresses them out, the property owner has every right to shoot your dog wow. and kill it. But we have areas now in Cal Unicornia, and I'm guessing Portlandia and then Washington State, where dogs can attack human beings with impunity because their owners are bums and junkies. WTF, my friends. I wish I could use the word. Are we serious? We're going to put up with this. Well, there aren't even very many parks that you're allowed to walk your dog through without a leash. But they got all kinds of pit bulls with no shots and unregistered and everything, like just hanging out over there, unleashed. Nobody cares. It's unfreaking believable. It is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Can the Supreme Court please take up that idiotic case today? I don't know what else you got on the docket, but we're begging you. Yeah, we got this text. Only 63%. Uh, but when you get to around two-thirds in a place like Los Angeles, yep. that's, that's pretty amazing. Yes, because people have been so steeped in the compassion, uh, you know, propaganda. Well, I, we got this text. So, like I said, I've just given up certain parks and like bike paths and stuff, stuff that doesn't belong to me anymore. Right. Even though I paid for it with my money, my incredibly high taxes, I just it doesn't belong to me anymore. I can't right. go there. About libraries, I feel the same way about libraries. Mm. There are a number of libraries, not in my town, thank goodness, but. A uh, library I used to uh, use in a bigger metro area just stopped going there. Belongs to the bums now. You right. can't go in there. Right. You certainly wouldn't go in there with your kids. Yeah, and in a related story, if you want your student to be successful, do all their homework for them and ask nothing of them. And if you want your loved one to give up drugs, make it easy for them to be a junkie. Cover for them. Give them money. That's what you do. No, everybody knows those two examples are ridiculous and would never, ever do it. But we're enabling bums and junkies 
ruining the quality of life in our cities because of this ridiculous rhetoric of compassion. I'm a compassionate guy, but when compassion hurts people, it ain't good. So we're keeping our eye on the impeachment hearings. If anything important happens, we'll bring it to you. That's uh, that's our goal, I guess. Got to have a goal. It's good to have goals. The Democrats are going to make a big deal of old man Sondland testifying today because yep. he said, yeah, there's a deal. They wanted to, The White House wanted them to do this and that in return for the money in the meeting. This was my understanding of it, but I'm telling you, it's not going to move the needle. We all know that. It was clear. Um, I do kind of want to catch someone when Jim Jordan gets his uh, chance to do the question because oh, yeah. I just wonder how what his angle is going to be. So we might bring that to you live if we have the chance. I just hope he speaks quickly and in a semi-angry tone of voice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can be guaranteed of that. Yes. And I want to mention this here quickly. Two U.S. service members killed in Afghanistan in a chopper crash. We still got people over there. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish, but two more people died, and that uh, that should definitely get mentioned. Names haven't been released yet. Uh, more on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. Take this out. I saw that in China you may soon be able to pay for items by just having your face scanned. Yeah, that's going to be a bummer when people hear, sorry, but your face has been declined. (laughs) We got a debate tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Two hours. How about you watch it and tell us about it? It's on uh, MSNBC. All female lineup of moderators. It's the first time ever. With Rachel Maddow, Andrea Mitchell, and Kristen Welker. All gals? Yeah. I believe there was a Fox primary debate from the last election cycle that had like two female moderators. So I I, I don't think that that's the first yeah. female thing, but... It's ladies night. Whatever. Fellas. Drinks half off. Come on out. It's an estrogen fest there on MSNBC. But there you go. Yeah, right. Fine. So, listen, I just want to pay this off because I mentioned it uh, earlier a couple of times. There's a story out where the state of California says they're not going to buy any cars from a number of car makers, including BMW, Ford, Honda. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. So, GM, Toyota, and other, where's that list? This is written so badly. Um, da, 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 da. Well, it's a bunch of different car no manufacturers. No Edsels, DeLoreans. It, it's more interesting, I think, if you have the complete list. But uh, listen, long and short of it is, the Trump administration, uh, I'm sorry, the Obama administration has said, yeah, California, go ahead and have your own uh, pollution regulations for cars. And you can hold the car makers to it. It was one of those executive order thingies. And uh, the Trump administration said, no, nah, we're going to end that because it's too tough on the car makers and inconvenient and the rest of it. And a number of the car makers said, yeah, 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 we agree. Okay, it's GM, Chrysler, Toyota, or Nissan. And they're and the Nissan. ones they will buy or won't buy? Will not. Will not buy. They well, will not buy any cars from GM, Chrysler, Toyota, or Nissan because those uh, companies went on the record supporting the idea of a single set of national emission standards, saying, listen, if if we start with California, there's going to be a patchwork of laws and regulations across the country, and it's going to uh, it's going to be too expensive and too complicated for us. I get their argument. Which, to me, is a perfectly reasonable argument. You might be against it. Maybe you're a Californian who remind, remembers the ho- horrible choking smog of the 70s. 
And you say, no, because of the climate and the topography and the, and the population and all the cars, the rest of it, we got to have our own standards. And that is a perfectly reasonable stance as well. But what bothers me is you have car makers advocating a perfectly really, uh, reasonable political position and the governor of a state trying to wreak economic harm on them for merely holding and advocating that position. They're not ignoring California law. They're not trying to sell cars illegally in California. They're just saying, we disagree. We think the law ought to be this. How do we feel about state governments punishing companies for their stance on an issue? I don't think that should be happening. I think that's wrong. And I don't know if it's illegal or not. I'm not a business lawyer, but uh, I think it's wrong. Do you know any conspiracy... Oh, by the way, it's worth mentioning. The state of California now forbids any sort of official travel to like 22 different states. Yeah, half the states you can't go to. Cal Unicornia. Because that state doesn't believe in climate change, and that state doesn't isn't nice enough to gay people, and that state... They said something mean about transgenders five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you know any conspiracy people? I know a few. Oh, we hear from them. Um, uh... I fancy myself a conspiracy amateurist. Yeah. Well, and that term is thrown around unfairly a lot, too. Mm -hmm. If there's uh, a story that's developing and isn't entirely clear yet, the the side that wants to cover up always calls it a conspiracy theory. I'm talking about... um, Stevie Wonder's site? Is that what we're talking about? (laughs) Well, I would definitely... When I think conspiracy, I think like someone I know who uh, who spends all their Facebook time posting about... uh, uh, the contrails in the sky. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> and uh, the planes and the government is trying to control us and spraying us or something. I don't sure. Really know what's going you get on your there. 9-11 truthers, one of your notable groups. Moon landing hoaxers. Yeah. There you go. Uh, a bunch of researchers took a look at eight years of Reddit. to trace- Or did they? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, to trace the paths... Um. Of a whole bunch of different users, 30,000 Reddit users, to try to give you an idea of who is into conspiracies and what people are like who are like into conspiracies. Um, I guess Reddit's big on this in their forums and their chat rooms and all this sort of stuff. It turns out that our perception of conspiracies is misguided. They are not crazy people with conspiratorial mindsets, nor are they unwittingly indoctrin- indoctrinated taught about these conspiracies, Mm -hmm. Um, uh, which is something I've probably kind of always assumed. You're just kind of a soft head, and so you're easily led one way or another. They Mm. said that that doesn't seem to be the case. All right. Rather, they are, as the researchers put it, attracted to a range of non-mainstream beliefs, which is something you've always said. It's people who just want to be, well, they want to be out of the mainstream. Yep. And tend to be involved in a variety of debate forums, political, porn, guns, cars, of which the conspiracy form is just one. They followed 30,000 users, half of whom were future conspiracists, and half of whom were typical users of the same threads. And they found that the future conspiracy people tend to use language related to crime, stealing, and law uh, long before they join the conspiracy forum, as well as words related to dominance, power, government, deception, and terrorism. Well, that's interesting. So they had a way of compiling this and realizing they use a lot of these words and then eventually end up on one of the conspiracy sites. Interesting. I get that. I I, uh, respect iconoclasts, people who try to break free from the herd and question it. Mark Twain, the minute I find myself agreeing with the majority, I reassess my opinions. 
That, that, all that stuff's cool. I just think some people take it way too far. There are enemies among us and so forth. Not in their vocabulary or words about friendship, optimism, and affection. This is a suggestive of alienation rather than positive bonding. Huh. That rings true. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they also found that future conspiracy people are very likely to engage with the politics community on Reddit. They're, two, they're over two times more likely to appear and where they post five times as often. You'll like this part. Conspiracy theorists, and we know this, are wordy. They posted a median of 20,000 words versus 8,000 words of the control group. So they just write much longer posts. Mm. That would hold true for the text line and the uh, the email. Yeah. And the other aspect of it, getting back to the earlier point, is y'all come off as permanently angry. I mean, all the time. Not like a, a reasonable person that we could be buddies with who wants to point something out. It's just always just high-handed and angry lecturing. But they don't believe they're crazy, these researchers. They're not crazy. Future conspiracy people are not any more hostile than the control group, nor does their language indicate any more anxiety, mental illness, or negative emotional states. How about pissed-offedness? Yeah, I don't know Is that a negative uh, emotional state? So there you go. Uh, the contrails in the sky are big. Uh, vaccines, of course, is a huge, a huge one that's out there. And we sure. get a whole bunch of emails from people saying, oh, "That's not conspiracy. That's just fact." So Epstein didn't kill himself, by the way. You're big on that. Oh yeah. So is that is there a political group that's more likely to believe that, or is that just it seems, is that more believed on the left than the right? Or I don't think so. No, because it doesn't it benefit either side. Huh? A bunch of numbskulls. That's Numbskull. what it is. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.